0: And welcome to The Insatiable Appetite, Hartman Group's podcast about all things related to consumers and the business of food and beverages. I'm Davy McHenry, Senior Vice President at Hartman, and this week I'm joined by Robertson Allen, Senior Consultant. Rob and I recently took a closer look at an interesting beverage trend that we've been watching for several years at Hartman, but that's really started taking off during the pandemic. Low and no alcohol beverages, sometimes referred to as the sober curious movement. Now, we've probably all heard about how alcohol sales have skyrocketed during the pandemic, with people staying at home more often and folks drinking out of boredom or stress and anxiety, and not to mention alcohol delivery options becoming more widely available in a lot of places. The American Psychological Association found that in March 2021, 23 percent of all american adults were drinking more alcohol to cope with the stress during pandemic and this was higher among parents and nielsen reported that alcohol sales rose by 24 percent in the first six months of the pandemic driven by online sales but at the same time there seems to be a counter trend happening that is just as relevant with more people choosing beverages that try on some level to recreate the experience of drinking alcohol but without the hangover or buzz or negative health implications. What's going on with that, Rob?
1: Yeah, thanks for that uh, intro, Davey. Um, It's a really fascinating trend that deserves more attention, I think. And I can see at least five underlying drivers behind why this uh, so-called sober curious trend is happening at this current moment. And maybe we have time to cover each of them a little bit But uh, just listeners should also know that we also have a white paper on this very topic that you can download for free from our website if you want to check out things more in depth. But anyways, uh, first, there is this trend in mindfulness that we've been observing here at Hartman for several years, which if we're talking about consumers, um, mindfulness is really about this reexamination of consumers and the relationship between the consumer and the object that's being consumed, right? So mindfulness, of course, is farther reaching than just that culturally, but that's the gist of it when it comes to consumers. What is my relationship with this thing that I'm consuming? And is that a healthy relationship? And uh, it's not really about judging oneself or others if it's an unhealthy relationship, and it's more about moving beyond this kind of sinful mindset that we're all so accustomed to in American culture, especially when it comes to food and drink. And so with that, we're finding more folks are not necessarily giving up alcohol, but they're uh, turning to reevaluating its role in their lives, Um, especially after this quarantine experience when a lot of people are reevaluating things uh, and different kinds of uh, aspects of their lives. And they're maybe taking more of a flexitarian approach to it, kind of like meat consumption uh, and just being more attentive to when they have it or want to have it.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it's related to the second driver behind why we think this trend has legs. Unfortunately, alcohol isn't particularly healthy. And consumers understand that it isn't too. Our health and wellness report out earlier this year found that 28% of adult consumers say that their diet is worse now than it was last year, and that's due to an increased consumption of high calorie beverages, including alcohol. And we know long-term that alcohol can have multiple long-term negative health implications, including diminished immunity. And with all of the focus on immunity since the start of COVID, it's not surprising that consumers are paying more attention to that, even if many have continued to drink more. Rob, we also bring up the fact that cannabis may be coming to be viewed as a healthier alternative to alcohol among some consumers. What about that third driver?
1: Yeah, um, that's that's really interesting to bring up. And that's one thing that we've been tracking, uh, these changes in the cannabis market. Uh, We've been tracking those changes for many years now at Hartman. Um, And it's been interesting to see how things like CBD have become pretty mainstream in terms of wellness products, uh, especially including beverages, even though it's still difficult legally for a lot of big companies operating beyond the state level markets to get into that. Um, But every year new states are opening up cannabis to recreational and medical markets. Um, And this lines up pretty well with consumers' attitudes also. it's just some data here with 91 percent of American adults are now saying that cannabis should be legal for medical use. And mm. of those who use it, our mm. own research at Harmons found that 97 percent of consumers who use cannabis do so for a health-related reason. Um, that includes anxiety or stress reduction, um, I should add, too. Um, And on top of that, there's some evidence now that in states where recreational cannabis is legal, some consumers are substituting it for alcohol. um, And that includes our own research here at Hartman where we found that.
0: Right, and when it comes down to it, that's a cultural change that's having an impact on how people choose their vices, if you will. Which brings us to the fourth driver, another kind of cultural change that probably a lot of listeners have observed too which involves the kind of spaces available these days for socializing that do not come with as much of a requirement to consume alcohol. Bars and cafes and locations are much more accommodating to a wider range of groups, parents with kids, pets, and simply those who don't want to drink.
1: Yeah, yeah, and of course, COVID put a temporary stop to all of that, and you know many businesses have struggled and unfortunately have had to close. But this is still a long-term trend that isn't going away because of COVID. Uh, you, we see millennials and younger generations have found these kind of niche interest communities online, but many are interested in meeting up in person. Uh, whether that's gaming groups and there's there's bars, you know, I've seen those around Seattle where there's a bar specifically oriented towards gaming um, or whatever other common interests they're sharing, uh, these These kinds of spaces are opening up uh, opportunities for new clientele to, you know, and, and bars and cafes to move beyond the you know, kinds of these stereotypical masculine charged uh, dark spaces that are still around these kinds of bars, uh, but they're not as common anymore. Uh, and we're really seeing a transformation of um, bars and social alcohol consumption, really opening up um, and moving beyond just alcohol consumption to, to other opportunities.
0: Yes. And that, of course, means there is an opportunity for these places to offer a wider range of beverage choices to their wider range of visitors who may not be as interested in standard alcoholic drinks. And as more consumers are interested in personalized choices, another big trend we know, for their beverages, We're seeing the market here just opening up so much in the recent years in non-alcoholic offerings. And that's our fifth and last driver, more personalized choices that help consumers customize their drinking to the occasion and the need. And it's going well beyond that sort of near beer offerings with craft breweries rolling out their own alcohol-free versions. Lagunitas has a very low alcohol craft beer out now and wineries are specializing in alcohol-free wine. We've also got alcohol-free spirits, and Budweiser and Suntory have zero-alcohol lagers.
1: Yeah, um, Devi, are there any of those kinds of uh, drinks that you particularly
0: like? Well, recently, personally, I've been um, enjoying Seedlips Distilled Non-Alcoholic Spirits for both their nuanced flavor profiles and their versatility. The website has a range of mocktails you can make, Um, Mm -hmm. though I must admit to you and all of our listeners they also do make a delicious cocktail when paired with alcohol. <laughs> what about you, Rob?
1: Yeah, um, I've, I've recently tried the Lagunitas low alcohol beer um, and it's very hoppy uh, and it's very sweet like a Lagunitas, but it's missing that kind of strong alcohol taste that's uh, in my mind, it's really good at balancing things out and giving it a, a, that kind of nice bite, uh, that's kind of classic to nice hoppy beer. Um, but I can see how it could work for some folks. Um, personally, I think that uh, some of the more compelling offerings are these kinds of beverages that are uh, showing more functional benefits, things with more functional inclusions like um, these adaptogens, adaptogenic mushrooms, CBD, of course, uh, is a very common, nootropics, uh, botanicals and the like, those, those kinds of beverages. Uh, things like CBD sodas, mixers, um, and these are really an entirely new beverage category that's um, coming to really strongly speak to things like flavor and functionality and health. And these, of course, are all things that consumers are very much interested in exploring. And brands like um, Ken, Curious Elixirs, Um, You mentioned uh, these mocktail kind of mixers like Seedlip. Uh, Those are just some of those examples of brands that um, we've observed at Hartman Group. Um, And then uh, there's all these other beverages that are alcoholic, uh, but they are also drawing on these more uh, functional inclusions. Uh, And I think hard kombucha is a really good example. And I've I've liked all these uh, hard kombuchas that have come out. Hard coffee is an interesting one. Um, And of course, hard seltzer is a part of this trend. And I think maybe hard seltzer deserves its own podcast since it's really taken off so much. Um, But I'd say hard seltzer is part of this trend in consumers seeking out um, healthier alternatives in their beverage consumptions Um, in alcohol even if it's only a little bit healthier Uh, but one thing that we've seen in the hard self market is there is this growing differentiation across the hard self market with uh, certain brands having more kinds of functional inclusions even if uh, those inclusions are just things like added vitamin C or things like that
0: Rob you're so right I remember a day not so long ago when it was just White Claw versus Truly And there's so many hard seltzers out there now, and they're all vying for space in that competitive landscape. But as you say, that might need to be its own podcast, because unfortunately, we're out of time today. So that about wraps things up for this week's Insatiable Appetite. As Rob mentioned earlier, we have a white paper out on this topic that goes into all of what we just discussed and more in greater detail, which is available to download on our website. We'd encourage you to check it out. And until next time, uh, we leave you farewell. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you, Davey.